another extra episode of Arenda Talks. For the next five weeks, I will make each week an extra episode with the recaps of the first season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Spoiler alert! If you don't want to know what is in the episode or about Strange New World, please listen to this episode after you have watched the episode. I will post this episode on Wednesday, just before the next episode will appear on the streaming services. This to avoid spoilers. On Vulcan, Spock arrives at the ritual site of his family for the Kun Ud Khalifi, where his betrothed Tripring and a number of other Vulcans await. He takes the mallet and strikes the ritual gong and the bell ringers begin the ringing. The mistress of ceremonies becomes Tipring forward. But as Spock approaches, Tipring notices his ears. Spock now appears fully human, with rounded ears and is wearing his Starfleet uniform. Tipring declares she will not marry a human and is a folk to Calafi. A ritual deal to the dead. As two weapons bared come forward carrying Lepras, Spock asks who he will be fighting. Tepring points to another Vulcan in the crowd. It is Spock again with fully Vulcan futures. The human appearing Spock protests that fighting oneself was illogical, but quickly takes up the Lypra as his Vulcan self slash at him with it. The Vulcan Spock quickly disarms his human self as Nuronia asked what he would know of logic. He was only human. Rules by emotion. The human Spock looks fearful as the Vulcan Spock raised his Lypra for the killing blow. Just as Spock awakens. He is in his quarter aboard the USS Enterprise and he is alone. He goes to the mirror near his bed to confirm that his ears are still pointed and feels them for himself just to be sure. Signs of Salog Stardate 2341.4 After our harrowing encounter with the Gorn, Enterprise has returned to Starbase 1, one of the oldest, most venerated space stations in the Federation. No repaired after the Klingon War. Here, the crew will abjuring for some much-needed rest and relaxation. While well, I have agreed to assist the captain with a diplomatic matter, I plan to spend most of the time here with my fiancé to bring who has arranged to join me since our last visit was cut short by... In the midst of the log entry, Spock is interrupted by the chime at his door. It is the Pring, who greets him in the formal manner. Parted from me, but never parted. Never and always touching and touched. Meeting at the appointed place, Spock gives the formal answer before kissing her. I thought Falcons were cold-blooded and never would do that, but okay, in a way.
The friend cast a critical eye around the room, saying that it looked very human, and she found it hard to believe a Vulcan had slept there. Spock replies that there were his quarter, and he was in the process of redecorating. What makes me laugh, because that's quite human humor for him. She withdraw her criticism until his redecorating is complete and thanked him for arranging accommodation for the colleague's cattle. Spock hopes she finds them accurate before asking the Pring about her presence there. The Pring asks if he knows about her professional responsibilities and Spock recalls that she was rehabilitating people for their crimes by showing them the true part of Vulcan logic. Tepring explains that once per such person, Barjan Toor has been reported in the area. Spock recalls that he had been responsible for the uprising on Kepler-22b. The Vulcan authorities had sought him for some time. Spock thinks that Tepring has some work ahead of her, but she replies that this was the reason Cattell accompanied her. She reminds him that the last time they were together, it had been his duty that interrupted him and believed parolatalitis their relationship. Spock agrees, but adds that he had some responsibilities to deal with beforehand. praying, somewhat cold now, answered that she expected nothing less. He thinks her disappointed, but she said she is realistic. He assures her he will be free to dine with her that night. In the conference room, Captain Pike, Spock and Cadet Horror are being briefed by Admiral April, who shows a map display highlighting the Rogovian Protectorate, a small but fitly important piece of territory between the Klingon Empire and the Romulan Star Empire. It's the fastest route to the other side of the Beta Quadrant, but without a safe passage, the Federation keep longing Losing ships there. Pike asks why there have been so no inroads made with them before, and April prize that they have been unusually private up to that point. That changed after a diplomatic overture by the Tellarites. Pike, with a somewhat knowing look, asks how that went. The Admiral looks mightily amused as he brings up the footage of a Revolution getting into Telluride Ambassador Quarrel is face. Saying that his beard was as ridiculous as his proposals and that every word was an insult to Rogovia. Whoa, and here I thought the Tellurans railroad, Park observes. April moves is that Quarrel said the wrong things but they didn't have time to speculate. The Rogovians had opened negotiation with the Klingon and the Romulans were not far behind. Time was not on their side. 
Pike is confident that they can't handle negotiation with more grace than the Tellerize, which is good. April notes, because they were meeting with the Rogovians delegation for the following day, the Rogovians' flagship which was docked to the station. Uhura recognized the ship as a solar sail ship, which April explained was brought out for ceremonial occasions. Whenever the Rogovians sign the treaty, they fly their new allies flag in tribute. Further discussion is interrupted by Laan, who reports a problem. The Rogovians delegation has arrived already and are demanding to speak to Pike immediately. Pike has her shown them in and their spokesmen begin by saying they are been sitting and waiting on the ship while the Federation officer discuss the upcoming negotiations. April recognized him as Captain Fesso. When the Admiral identifies himself, Fesso bluntly states he will only speak to Captain Pike. The Captain identifies himself and tries to break the tension by saying if he had known the delegations were coming early, he would have cooked them up an Earth speciality. Faso laughs and appears glad to meet the captain, formally identifying himself as his first officer Brax. Pike introduces Spock, Uhura, Laan, and the latter of whom leaves to attend to the security thing. Brax sees Spock as a falcon, famous for logic and beliefs he had a voice in the Federation government. Spock replies that all Federation members have a voice in its governments, something the Rongovians find confusing, to which an amused Pike agrees. When Vassal asks how they determine who is in control, Pike explains that it is determined by voting, an effort to listen to all their members' voices. The Rongovians, too, are listeners. Sympathy is a strong part of their society, something few people understand. Clapping Pike on the shoulder, Vessel chooses to get started with the negotiation. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Ortegas and Nurse Chapel arrive in sickbay, looking for Dr. Mbenga, telling him that they were ready to go for shore leave. While they are in cash for clothes, the doctor is still in uniform, surprised that it was time already. He has been collecting data to share with his colleague Dr. Baroa, an expert in non-invasive surgical techniques, who has come all the way from the other side of the quarantine to meet him. Meanwhile, Ortegas asks about Lieutenant Dever, whom Chappelle has been involved with, asking if she should keep a communicator over or rely on a hand single. Chappelle replies there was no need. The thing she liked about Dever was how they were on the same page. The casual, no attachment, this is just for fun. Silver commitments, page, as she puts it. Ortegas notes this was more of a book than a page and reminds Chappelle that she had said the same thing about a woman on Arias Tree. Something Chappelle calls a misunderstanding, and it was only one time. Ortegas corrects it 
to be one fairy entertainment time. To which Chapel asked how being changed by life, facial fire could be fun. When Benga steps out, fully packed and still in uniform, but with a hat adorned with fishing lures, Mbenga plans to go fly fishing. Having heard the biosphere on the starbase had everything. In the transporter room, Una and Laan are supervising the departure crew. Ortegas tells Laan she didn't have to check them out in one person, but Laan believes it was the only way to make sure it was done right, before remarking on Mbenga's nice hat. Mbenga signs takes it off before asking what Laan and Una had planned for a short leave. Ortegas jokingly answered that they don't do short leave, they sure stay. Mbenga begins to chuckle about the nickname, but backtracks when he sees both Ortega and Chapo negatively shaking their heads, saying he didn't know what he was saying, and asked Chief Cow to energize. Una pointed to ask about the nickname, but when the doctor hams and have Ortegas admits that the Yeo men often called Una where fun goes to die, she tries to pass it off with a joke, saying it if they knew any better. They wouldn't be Yale men. Una briskly orders Cow to energize. After he does so, she asks if he has heard this, as he specially denies it. A glance at Laon only earns a shake of the head. Spock returns to his quarters, apologizing to Spring about the unexpected start of the negotiation. While she does not doubt his duty importance, she reminds him they had agreed that this time would be for them, and that she had set aside important work of her own to they could meet. She believes that mutual sacrifices was so crucial to a successful relationship, and Spock agrees it when indestructible. She worries that his Starfleet services makes him behave like a human, and would make them incompatible. She tells him that perhaps he should prepare for his important work, and brusquely leaves. Spock looks over to see the meal she prepared, and bows his head. Well, guys, um, today my good friend Mark Seven is joining us again for this lovely recap of Spock Amok, and so welcome, Mark, again. I'm very happy to be here again, and always happy to talk about the things we love, like Star Trek. Yeah, well, this was an interesting episode. What do you think it in, about it in general? Well, in general, it was very, very funny. I, I laughed a lot. I, I learned serious things about Star Trek. And I am, very, uh, I am even thinking about to start my own bingo in my fan club in Brazil. So, <laughs> <laughs> that will bingo! Be... That at least will be funny. 
Oh, that was just a funny moment about when um, they yes. transported the people over to Starbase One for shore leave, and mm. Una and um, Laan were checking them out, and uh, they said, "Well, Una had this uh, nickname." And oh. it was so funny how she reacted, and also, um, and that was a good one. I laughed about that when she, uh, Una and Laan were interrogating those two junior officers, and they played yeah. good cop, bad cop. Oh, <laughs> I laughed my ass off! Oh my god, that was so funny. The cadets and the new ones are always fun to be. To the oldest, older officers, and if you remember, if you remember that um, about Una, if you know, if you remember the very first episode, the chase, uh, uh, you see Pike talking with Una in a way. Well, you you are so you are cold as a computer. Do you remember that? Yeah, and at 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 that episode, you could see her uh, kind of offended about that. But now, we can see that more explained. You know, mm. she mm. is she is really she is really cold. She is really objective. She is really too much concentrated in in her job. So people even even call her uh, where fun goes to die. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it has it has some logic about that. I, I'm li I like this uh, this connection to the past. Yeah, and that's also uh, with Laan, and I couldn't connect with her because of her coldness and how she reacted and how she uh, was. And in this episode, you saw that she was trying to be more open a more um yeah just kind of uh loosen up and there was a moment that they were talking about yeah why is everyone thinking that we can't make fun and <laughs> they did those weird things to having fun and it it was more to understand why the lower decks are having fun with those things what is the magic that make so many so many of them uh, uh, bet on this this procedure to make that so uh, uh, under official and so obligatory they needed to understand that they needed some empathy mm. you know this is the very key of this episode yeah i really like this episode they they wrote it very well and it's also, of course, about the lessons, but also in the relationship. Uh, one of the relationship, what I really like, is th that between Spock and Nurse Chapel. Mm -hmm. And the fun moment was in this episode when she sat down with him and she gave him some relationship advice. And mm -hmm. there was that moment that she was smacking and I was thinking, okay, <laughs> very recognizable. So, so you see, uh, there are many kinds of empathy. 
there is the empathy of the true friend and real friend. There is the empathy of a couple like Spock and Spring. We both know that that relationship have no future, but mm. the, they 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 are giving us a time between this, this the discovery and the TOS when when a mock time also happens. So you know it happens this time, right? Mm-hmm. And but everything everything went normally, right? But seven years from now, it will happen again. And that we saw in, in, in TOS. So, uh, uh, so this problem and, and solving of the problem proceeds in this episode. You see empathy. You see the capa- capability of, of seeing things through other eyes, to your friend's eyes, to your wife's eyes, uh, to, your, uh, co- uh, uh, to your commanding commanded officer's eyes, too. You see, uh, even even the people that were uh, asking to become part of Star Trek, they are masters on that and see things through other eyes. They became uh, uh, Tillerit for the Tillerites. They became human for the humans, Vulcan to the Vulcan. And Pike got that. Yeah. And that's what, that's what the real secret of the the episode, you you can not only have empathy for someone, but you can understand all the empathy of the other person. That was the master, the master click of the episode. You can be above that. You can be, uh, you can learn more with empathy than 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 with empathy itself. So when we are um, looking at the beginning of uh, this episode, we saw that Mm -hmm. Spock had a nightmare. And we saw him on Vulcan with his family, and he suddenly changed into a human. Um, Mm -hmm. That is also one of our our first meetings in uh, the rituals, how they are on Vulcan. But... Mm -hmm. What I it is it's confusing me in how <laughs> all about now uh, the relationship what Vulcans have with each other and like in a romantic relationship. And the first thought I had of this scene was uh, Pomfar, it once in the seven t- years. What the hell? <laughs> well. Live a life uh, having bonfire each seven years, you will understand that. <laughs> Thank God I have bonfire even seven minutes, so I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> well, uh, what Spock was, was was living in that in that dream? They were they was uh, living and illustrating for him, in his mind his own conflict. He is half human. He is half Vulcan. So how can he deal with that? Because he was forced to be completely Vulcan all the time. He never could do that. And now he is uh, fulfilling that by getting married, to get someone else with a, with a wife in there. And so, and so go on. And so it, go, and so it goes on. So uh, that conflict 
can manifest itself in a nightmare because he's always worried about that. Mm. And I think that's uh, what you also see in uh, Quentin Zachary's and Leonard Nimoy's Spock. Mm. It's always been there. Yes. And I remember, and, and that's what I don't like the J.J. Abrams movies, but there was one moment in one of the movies and that was really, really nice. And that was the moment that um, he was uh, stood in front of the uh, Vulcan Council and they say, well, uh, because of your uh, mistake, because he was half human, half Vulcan, we will still uh, let you on to the uh, Vulcan Academy. And he said, well, uh, thanks, but no thanks, but I'm going to choose for Starfleet if you are still calling me, me and my mom, a mistake. And that was so strongly, and that's what I always have in the back of my mind when uh, Spock and Burnham talks and... Uh, now Spock is living still with that doubt of, okay, I'm half Vulcan, half human. Uh, how do I have to cope with all the feelings and uh, that kind of. And so it was very also nice in Picard mm-hmm. when uh, Picard gave him that book of Spock to Elnor. Because Elnor mm-hmm. also had that... Uh, to fight in him of, okay, what do I need to do? Yes. The all natural against the duty. Yeah. And, um, well, there was another thing in this episode. We saw Pike wearing the green uniform jacket. Mm-hmm. And I must say, I never liked it. Although this variant is a little bit okay-ish, but what is your opinion about that? I call this the Kermit uniform. <laughs> well, uh, speaking about uh, emotional Spock, uh, you, we see that every time we, you force Spock, to, to, you confront him, about his emotions you get a, a furious spark and you don't want to see a furious spark in front of you 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 saw kirk do that in the time of the those flowers with spore that that makes spark made spark in love and, and kirk used that same same technique to put spark out of control and we see that in the 2009 movie happens three times when he was a little boy, and when he was uh, accept, accepted in the Vulcan Science Academy, and he said no, because someone pissed him off. And in the tri- third time, when Kirk confronted him on the ship, because Spock, ad- the, the future Spock advised him to do that. Mm. So it always worked. Do you remember that? Always worked. Yeah. You, you step on his emotions, it will hurt and hurt a lot. So well, this yeah. happened. It's happened again in this episode, in the time where that uh, he was in Tipring's body, and that that another other not logical Vulcan uh, started to think, to say many things very offensive to Spock, 
and he didn't know Spock was right there in front of him. And that was high, that was high, why he got that punch in the face. Yeah. Um, a little bit back to uh, a mock time in TOS. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. We have seen Spock uh, in very emotions, and you always say, okay, uh, he will be angry or whatever. But there was one moment in a mock uh, time that when he returned to the ship and he thought he killed G uh, Kirk. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know where I'm going to. <laughs> um, yes, I know. He said, well, uh, to McCoy, he said, well, uh, I give uh, up my position and give it to Scott and Scott will be uh, in command now and uh, I will go to oh. the brick and I will face the consequences. And, but Kirk stood behind him and said, well, yeah. do you need to ask me that first? Because I'm still alive. What the hell are you talking about? And <laughs> Spock turned yeah, around and he was so happy. Yeah. 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 Uh, you, you can, until the end of his life, Leonard Nimoy denied that was a smile. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a smile everyone can see yeah I really love that scene it's so um, in one way Spock but it is also like you could see the friendship between those two yes 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 you can see that and you can see this kind of familiarity uh, growing in, in the enterprise as we see in Strange New Worlds you see people uh, knowing each other, knowing details of those lives. You see people uh, understanding better each one, knowing better. We know, we now know the new, the new Hura. We now uh -huh. know uh, the Doctor, Mbenga. Uh, we now mm -hmm. know more Yuna. You know, so it's a, it's a normal path. Or any group when start to see the adventures of other group. Soon we will have a family in that in that uh, starship, mm. and even that that and, uh, old people go and new people can. That will be still a strong family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. There was a moment uh, in the beginning of the episode that. Um, to bring and um, Spock had this conversation that they have to make both efforts for the relationship to be successful. Yes. And um, Spock said, well, I still have a diplomatic mission, but uh, I will be home for dinner. And with all the talking, he wasn't there. And when oh. he came back, um, well, the prince was pretty pissed off, and when she were gone, and she saw all, he saw the dinner, and he was could smack himself for the head with, uh, <laughs> "Oops, I did something wrong." Yeah. And um, but what do you think about the um, relationship he and the prince has? I think they, the Vulcans are so precise in those movements, mm -hmm. in those phrases. 
But I have, I, I remember a movie called Cruel, very nice movie, when I heard this phrase, good warriors makes bad husbands. So if yeah. you are good in your, what you do, you are involved in your work, you will be uh, pending to, to not act, not pending, not to exactly do by intentionally, but you'll be uh, do, giving more attention to your job than mm. to your family. It happens everywhere. It happens, happened to me a long time and, and, and can even happen to anyone who are in the same situation. The fact is they have a shortcut to that. And Spock was very wise uh, given he heard uh, uh, Nurse Chapel's uh, advice and he get, he had that 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 shortcut, changing the catrice, that can explain it all emotionally, uh, physically, um, everything. That would have, wow! That, that if if we humans could do that, it would solve many many problems. I'm I'm sure of that. But that was the solution he he got, and they were so determined to understand one to another that it caused it, the, the mm. body changing. So it forced them to understand even more about each other. Yeah. I must say that, that body changing was uh, a little surprise for me because <laughs> I hadn't expected that and especially between Vulcans, Vulcans, yep. we're talking yep. about. So, um, in one way, that was very funny. But in yeah. what you said, it, it's it's the perfect solution in that way, and especially that yeah. they had to perform the other's work. And mm -hmm. so they could uh, understand each other more. Mm -hmm. So, I, I uh, think... Vulcan, Vulcan minds are so practical. Yeah? You, you can see Spock could store his mind in McCoy's, McCoy's, McCoy's brain. That was the first thing we learned about Catrice. And then Enterprise uh, teaches us that we can store a Catra in an idol, in a piece of rock. <laughs> those, those minds are so impressive. I, I, I even have uh, a pen drive that can do that too. But... <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that uh, uh, mind can be so easily manipulated and they can have many many kind of solutions about that mm. this all happened uh, they uh, spoke and the bring were talking about the relationship and then there was a um, alarm of uh, mm. they call La'an and they say, well, there was an unauthorized um, airlock. Yes. Well, un un unauthorized spacewalk. Yeah. We're accessing the airlock without any reason. That could be not only a, a problem in airlock, someone could, be di could die there, or someone can be invading the ship. And that base was impressive. So you see that base was the same star base, 01, that the Klingons almost destroyed 
in uh, Star Trek Discovery at the third season. So, but we have that base. They remounted that base, but now with uh, uh, with domes, uh, envi environmental domes. It was a very impressive upgrade. We love that. We can even fish in there. And and now we see someone breaking the protocol while the ship is parked there. So that that could be a big problem. That's why Una and, and La'an was so worried about that. And that's why those cadets were so screwed. <laughs> well, that's what, what I was coming to, is that um, before they had that conversation, well, why do, do all those juniors and seniors think that we don't have fun or can be fun? And... Yes. Um, La'an wanted to uh, call for backup, but Una mm -hmm. said, well, uh, you don't have to. I am your backup. Yes. And La'an said, well, uh, people are so wrong. You are fun. So they went to that airlock <laughs> together. And um, that's what I also talked with you about uh, before we were recording. Uh, they were going to... Uh, interrogate those two junior uh, mem crew members and they played a good cop, bad cop, what was yeah. very hilarious. And um, not only that, but they also uh, came into knowledge that there was an enterprise bingo. And uh -huh. it's, it's I really laughed about that whole scene because it was look like okay, it's could come straight out of a like a crime program or detective series how they've been oh. interrogated and but that was that just that funny in the background. Yeah. And I um, was. I, I, mm. Yeah. Go yes. ahead. I uh, in my career I already played good cop and bad cop. Depending of the situation, it's very funny. You know, you need to solve a problem, and we have many ways to interrogate someone. And uh, I, I I promise you, it is fun. So uh, Laan wanted to be the bad cop, and this was her part of fun. And Una also wanted to because she's always serious about that so they needed to play that way but speaking about what happened what motivated that you know uh, uh, you know that when we are in space any little 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 mistake can kill someone you know yeah so we we can't play about that mm. and they they uh, despite it was fun it, it was exactly what you should do to keep that ship, the flagship of Starfleet. You know, it's excellence mm. of working. If it's fun, it's even better. But it's it is excellence of working. Yeah. Well, there are um, other relationships that is that we see in this episode. For example, with. Um, mm -hmm. Nurse Chapel and Ortega. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I must say also that is really funny. She is very a very funny character. I I really yeah. like her. She is uh, yeah the typical badass lesbian, but so funny with all in what she does and what she says and um how do you see her in the other relations with the crew members the crew members uh she is she's in her way very uh extroversion she she always say what she thinks she, she doesn't she doesn't lie she she says it will be it will hurt so it will hurt so uh, uh, the problem is what she doesn't say okay and you saw her with her boyfriends she, she had not seriously uh, 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 I, I I could call that a friendship with benefits yeah right so uh, at the end, she grew about that. She grew about that. She, she told him, "Man, you, you are, you are, you boring. <laughs> you are boring." And she and he ta- started to read poetry. Mm-hmm. That was not that was not that bad, but it was not the ideal, you know. And she ended that because she felt it was becoming serious. So you see, you you don't ask someone to come to your apartment uh, if you are not trying to be serious. And he start he's starting to elaborate. Uh, I can transfer to enterprise, or you can transfer to where I am, etc., etc. You know where this kind of words mm. go. So she was not even uh, attempting to do that. She was only in the friendship with benefits. Like the like as the time goes by, so and she didn't want anything. She knew she didn't love him. That was important. That is what empathy also is. When you when you can feel what the other one is planning for your re, for future relationship, you can uh, make a, a preemptive decision. It was a little surprising that she. Uh, would act like that because we know Chapel in the way of uh... so um, there was also a little uh, moment what I really liked is when um, Chapel smacked Spock after that he was teasing her and that is something we don't see often of Spock well, Spock is always the, the professional person. He's always ready to teach what he knows. He's always ready to uh, to show everyone that knowledge is power. Mm. Not even, not even, not even Spock, but uh, Leonard Nimoy was was like that too. Yeah. So uh, we can see it was very natural from him to do. So what? Do you think about that um, Falcon ritual what the Pring and Spock did? The Falcon ritual, uh, they, they are always uh, preparing their 
mind state. They use they use those rituals to canalize your their uh, their will, control those minds to a level that humans will never never see that easy. So they have rituals to everything. They have rituals. Uh, they have rituals to cross the fingers when they start in the poor fathers. Very, very um, patient movements. There you feel there, and your terminal nervous terminals communicate something from your mind to the other mind, and everything, everything. It's boring. <laughs> But, <laughs> but, but that was what I um, uh, was confused about because normally I would see that by the Vulcans and but spoken to praying became very intimate. Yes, those that that ritual was exactly about that. They became very intimate after that, after the the very. Uh, uh, un uncommon cure provided by our good doctor, and they after that they were back in their Spock squatters, and they you you could see very different from the beginning of the episode. They understood each other so very well, you know. If if not, nothing of that happened before, and Spock says to bring I punched that guy you were you were treating. I will imagine she was she would be uh, vulcanly furious, <laughs> but no, she she told him. Well, since I know that guy, you were logical. So you see, uh, uh, th that was the purpose of the whole episode: to people to help and help each other, help themselves to understand each other. So I hope this episode we are talking here about helps everyone to understand how we love Star Trek and what so many things we, we have here to understand and learn from that. There is one little weird thing uh, with the whole the Spock um, to bring thing going on this episode is that when they were swapped in the bodies, they oh. needed to have the help of... Uh, Memenga and Nurse Chapel to switch them over and yeah. I was thinking why not with a f other Falcon ritual well uh, they, you see in the beginning of the episode Tipring uh, says Spock we are trying this for hours logically they, they have tried that same uh, ritual and uh, other variants from that, but the, they couldn't have any any success. So uh, it, it became a medical problem, and it was the good thing is the doctor Mbenga knows very nicely the psyche and and the physiology of this of the Vulcan brain. So that's why he came with those, that solution. You need to 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 uh, if I understood correctly, you, you need to make the other person inside this body not comfortable so they can be back mm. and they, they it, he laid all both in a very short distance between those beds 
and energize those crystals so they could shock the brains and the brain says well something is not right here and and let's let's uh, recover for this shock and, and put everything in order that's why your uh, dr mibenga uh, treatment worked hmm. well it was a um other funny thing when they had swapped bodies and pike came to um Spock's room yeah, and one. said, well, uh, diplomatic problem, you need to come, and he only wants to yeah. talk to you, and, but T'Pring was in his body, and um, it was really funny to see how they interact, <laughs> and, but it was a very good acting from the actors as well, because they had to um, act yeah. as somebody counterpart and before spock needed to act like to bring acting like the, like spock <laughs> yeah and that was very funny and i remember that uh when the um uh one Nogovians once mm-hmm. talking to spock uh you could see also that uh she was very talking very falcon and Admiral April and uh, Pike were listening and observing, and mm-hmm. Pike between uh, came between them, and yeah. they didn't like that. But they were listening, and they were listening what Pike was saying. He was just as a uh, commanding officer. He was defending Spock. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was one of the things that they say, okay, uh, we will talk, we will listen. And um, at the end of the episode, they would carry the uh, Federation flag. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that uh, solar seal ship? Well, I think they were impossible because they are relying in their own light to have propulsion. They have flashlights on the structure that was inflating the, the sails. I really don't know how that thing can, can, can fly uh, faster than light. And I, I love it the way uh, everyone treated them uh, because they are at, the, at all intelligent people they can Mm. move through stars they have many uh, even traditional starships they have modern starships Uh, they only broke that ship there because it is uh, a ceremonial ship Mm. so Mm -hmm. so uh, despite it's it's very elegant to see i don't believe that ship works it's very very beautiful yeah and uh, and, and uh, I, I rely in the fact those are intelligent people. They were there especially to watch, to understand what mm. is the Federation in these very, very deep um, dogmas and traditions and how our people, the people of Federation, uh, understands each other. And they, they did a very nice job about that. Mm. Yeah. 
I think it's also very nice to see how Pike understood uh, the Ragonians. And yeah. he played in them so they would uh, be joining the Federation. And I believe I believe Cherry uh, uh, Pike's opinion was the cherry over the cake mm, for the Ragonians. But what do you think about the speeches they write for him? The, the talks. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. The pep talks and the speeches he's giving to people. Like well, yeah. Mm, like what? Um, for example, uh, I think there was episode two or three that he uh, beamed down to that planet and. They didn't know the when they uh, were um, helping Una from that planet, mm -hmm. and she. Mm -hmm. um, so he came uh, down and said, "Well, sorry to interrupt, but uh, this and this and this, uh, this had this mm -hmm. happened to Earth, and uh, that will be you too." And uh, he had a great speech to. Uh, yeah, to tell what's uh, going on or like a pep talk. Yeah, you know, Pike is not the phaser captain. No. Pike, Pike is the captain. He is not, uh, he is not the, the reaction to the enemy. He is the reaction that keeps that crew together, mm. feeling they are one. They, they are there for a purpose. So that's what real leaders do mm. of course of course we don't have those those scenes uh, filmed by kirk but he he absolutely also had those moments with his crew his motivational moments you know uh, you you see more from this from pike i believe it's it's more convenient for the problems they are uh, facing now so what do you think about the um, Admiral April's uh, task or uh, role in this episode? Admiral April uh, is uh, incidental. If mm. it was not him, it would be another one. But April have uh, have his love from to to the Enterprise. He was captain from the for the Enterprise before Pike. And he has a very nice friendship and personal admiration for Pike because of, of things, things Pikes have been doing. You, we saw that in Discovery. We saw that in the secret problems of Talos Four. And Spikes, Pikes keeps making scores. Each mission, each, prob each problem, he, he does right. He does good every time he goes. That's why uh, Admiral Admiral uh, that Admiral is so uh, connected to the, the Enterprise and to Pike his, himself. You mm. remember uh, that he he went to the Earth to take Spike back to the Enterprise because mm. the problem was 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 hard and Yuna needed him. Mm. But and, and and Pike didn't came only as a military to him. He came almost like a father. Um, there was another, um, 
last scene, and that is mm -hmm. when Una Alaan went mm -hmm. up on the Enterprise itself, and they had a, a force field on them. And yes. that's why they think uh, about, okay, they do this all because they want to bro break the rules, but they are uh, yes. making the rules. So, um, so they went to <laughs> that one section of the hull that was the oldest part of the Enterprise. And there are crew members who have signed that whole plate. Yes, that, uh, that's the last the last square of the enterprise bingo if you took if you had patience to see to to read everything i i was able to read and translate that for, to brazilian portuguese too and mm. it's impressive the sign the scorch is the very last of them but uh, you know you can't if you are uh, the first officer and you want to go uh, in a spacewalk mm. and you need to go to a spacewalk uh, you are not breaking any rule mm. because you you makes the rule so they broke the rule that is the, the very own uh, enterprise bingo yeah and that's that's where the fun is if you can break uh, 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 they they many people say uh, rules are made to be broken. Mm. Signed by Bart Simpson, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, uh, so you make rules about break rules. Whoever breaks those rules too is having fun. Yeah. And that's the secret. I, I, I will not, never, ever endorse break the rules. I love the rules. They are made for a reason. And we, as leaders of groups that, that proceed, uh, trying to uh, have some progress in our work, we, we respect those rules and we uh, have many problems if someone is not respecting them. Mm. But we are talking about the, the, the enterprise bingo here. Yeah. And, and people do that to have fun while, while work. The best thing you can do to be a good person and a good professional is to have fun in your work. Yeah. So that's why that's why the, the uh, uh, enterprise bingo were were not uh, forbidden. Mm. That will create another one after just after that. Um, so we are at the end of this episode. Is there something you'd like to add? Well, I, I think I, I we talked about everything. Um, and I, well, no, I, I think we talked, we covered all the story. Okay. Well, we just have one more thing to do. And that is rating this episode one being bad and, uh, 10 being very good. So what, how do you want to rate this episode? I would rate this episode as eight. Not 10, because it was not super, super Star Trek like I, I love to, to, to be, you know. Breaking the rules is not a good thing to, to cultivate in mm. Starfleet. So I don't think it's a good thing. And uh, it was not a, a, a 10 because of the comic 
thing and for the uh, change bodies thing that I it's not a new thing to see we we saw this as I, as I told you in many movies so eight yeah well I'm agree to that I was uh, also going to rate this one as uh, an eight so uh, mm-hmm. yeah um, thank you for joining me again it was nice talking to you again I'm always happy to do that and uh, gosh we still have five episodes to go and then f- the first season uh, we have gone with the first season so uh, enjoy it I hope you enjoy uh, this episode of us and um, I will talk to you soon I hope to looking forward to that live long and prosper, long and prosper. here in us Dear listeners, thank you for listening and join me next week for a new extra episode of Arena Talks in the Star Trek series. You can listen and subscribe to Arena Talks on the YouTube channel or join the Facebook group. If you'd like to comment or talk with me about this episode, you can reach out on the Facebook group or the YouTube channel. I also like to tell you about my other podcast called Girls Talking Trek. Together with my co-host Amanda, we recap every two weeks a Star Trek episode starting with Star Trek TNG. All the episodes will be recapped in chronically following. We'll approach each episode with humor and a venomous look. Girls Talking Trek is to listen, follow and subscribe on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, the Facebook group and the YouTube channel. See you next week.